high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports, Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, Samwise 3.0. Is this the lucky charm? Is this the time? Sam Gagne plays for the Oilers in a year they win Stanley. We'll be following that all year. The Texas Rangers chasing history. The, the, bat, the lumber in Texas is strong. And the Raiders clean house. I don't really care, but I, they ruined Mike Mayock. He was my favorite guy at the NFL draft. And they took him, and then they threw him away, and now it's all for nothing. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio, Radio Player Canada. You can just turn on your radio. Uh, and several other things, including podcasts, which Declan gets up right away. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. It just rolls off the tongue. It's like Wojohowicz. 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger, the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. A new name, the same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Say hello to Doug and to Mary, and we love them over there. Make sure you drop by. Our guest today, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal, and Ian Herbers, coach of the Alberta Golden Bears Hockey Club. You know, if you say to Ian, yeah, the Oilers started slow, and they seem to be getting, you know, going now, he'd say, yeah, tell me about it. Because they lost a lot of veterans, they started slowly, and now they're they're kicking some some rear end around the league. So we'll talk to him about that, about what has been an interesting year and a rebuilding year. And as you know, uh, U of A Golden Bears hockey program is always about pushing for a championship. You know, it's it's you you can be happy if you win or or lose in the final. That's it. <laughs> it's a great program. We'll talk to Mr. Herbers. Our top stories today. The Edmonton Oilers were called Sam Gagne yesterday, and we talked at length about what it meant, but there's an opportunity now to talk about where Sam Gagne should play on the roster. I have some ideas, and it goes like this. I know that people are saying, well, hey, you know, why not just put him on the fourth line and play there with uh, Yanmark and Derek Ryan, you know, Gagne play maybe right wing and just leave him there. But here's the problem with that. The bottom six forwards on this team as of yesterday before Ernie was waived were Connor Brown, Ernie, Matthias Yanmark, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, Derek Ryan. None of them had any points at five on five this season. Sam Gagne is not a checker. He's not really a penalty killer, or he's, although he's done it in his, his career. But what he is, is a really skilled guy. He's got great hands, even at this age. He can play. So where would I put him? Well, if I look at the third line, Connor Brown is a good two-way winger. Ryan McLeod is a fine third-line center. He just needs to catch up to everybody because he was hurt and entered training camp late, played just a little bit, and then the regular season started. So he's still playing catch-up as the kids say. And then there's, on the left side, right now anyways, Dylan Holloway. And I, I'm going to suggest to you that Sam Gagne should replace Dylan Holloway on the third line. Dylan Holloway has played quite a bit in the National Hockey League in a young career, and he's not scoring. And complicating that issue is that Jay Woodcroft, right or wrong, I'm not going to argue whether it's right or wrong, Woodcroft's a fine coach, they don't trust him with the big gunners. I thought at some point 
Holloway would get some time with Lee Honor with Connor McDavid. Has not happened. So what we're looking at is a player who is fast as lightning, can win board battles, can transport the puck, but the coach isn't high on the trustometer with him, and he's not scoring. So I, we're talking about a guy who has 600 NHL minutes and isn't scoring. And in the NHL, he has .9 shots per game and a 5.4 shooting percentage. These are fourth-line numbers. These are not numbers that are going to get you to a feature line. And you can say to me, Al, he's not playing. I understand that. I get it. I understand. I'm not saying bury him. I'm saying that if the Edmonton Oilers want the third line to score, they might have to add some more skill. So it might be Sam Gagne on left wing, Ryan McLeod at center, and Connor Brown on right wing. I don't think that's going to happen. But the Edmonton Oilers need some torque from that third line, and they need Dylan Holloway to score. You know, if he scores 15 goals a year, he'll have a National Hockey League career in the middle six, and he'll make a fine living. But the fact that he's he's that many minutes, 600 minutes, into his National Hockey League career, and I think he has nine points, it's a concern. Don't kid yourself. He was drafted in 2020, I believe. That's year four now, I believe. So time to get going. Time to giddy up, as they say. And I think that's an area that the Oilers should and may look at. Raiders fired Josh McDaniels. Uh, Dave Ziegel gone as well. This is all of a piece, I think. You know, um, who's the last good coach they had? Art Shell? Like, well, Rich Bisakia did a fine job as the interim head coach before they shipped him out to bring Josh McDaniels in. But before that, I mean, yeah, maybe. That's, that's going back. But that that's not a bad pull. What do you mean, not a bad poll? I know this stuff. No, I know. I, I, could, I know yeah, it wasn't Tom Flores. I know it wasn't John Madden. So I went with Art Shell. Yeah, I like that. Dude, I'm not saying any. Poll. Listen, you, you thought I was poll. coming at you. I was saying that was a, that was a good was Art Shell, in my memory, is like from yesterday's Raiders. Like, it's not that old. We crunched all of our history right together, Mr. Mister. They had two Look, hit singles. Did, what year did Art Shell come back to coach... To coach oh, the Raiders. That's a good question. Because he came back one year in like the I early two thousands. And I think he went like one in fifteen, maybe. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing watching Art. Um okay, hold on here. Let me get this. Two oh six. And he was sixty years old. They went two and fourteen. They saw Yeah, that's right. But listen, I mean those nineties teams, he was doing okay. So we'll remember those. We'll forget about the two thousand six yeah. season. He, you know the coaches he worked for? Football Reference has this, and it's so cool. Tom Flores, Dan Reeves, Marty Schottenheimer, and Mike Shanahan. Ooh, doctor. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's a nice group there. I like that. Not bad at all. Texas Rangers. Do you remember when they signed Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Simeon? Remember that? It was, what, three years ago? And they were like, We suck. But we're not going to suck now. And then it, they sucked again. And now, hey, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. I mean, it's gotten me in some hot water before, but let's try it again. How many former Jays are on the Texas roster? Doesn't seem that personal, but I would say off the top of my head, three. Yeah. And are they good players? Serviceable. Can be serviceable. Did the Jays get enough for what they gave up? 
I mean, I'm trying to think back to what what these transactions would have been. So I don't know if I can give an answer with 100% accuracy. But the way you're phrasing the question makes me think no. I just, I think that when you have that much that's you're watching on television (laughs) that you gave up. And like, I get it. One of my pet things that I do, and anybody who's read my blog over years knows that I love talking about organizations that have too much of one thing and they can't use it so they have to give it up and usually for less than 100 cents on the dollar uh, that's why glenn sather's trade of andy moog was so brilliant because he got fantastic value but i always used the houston astros at first base as an example they had they had absolute tons of talent in the minors john Mer- mayberry bob watson um who else did they have nate colbert they basically had five future Mike Eastler, five future first basemen, and they traded for John Mayberry. Yeah, yeah, they did. No, it was Lee May they traded for. They had Mayberry. They traded for Lee May, and they gave up a ton. A ton. Doctor. Because they didn't... The, 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 the Houston Astros, they thought, well, this guy's the better first baseman than this guy, so we'll put this guy in double A, poor Keith Lampard. And they were all really good, but you don't know that. You're judging it, and you're like, well, they're all good, but you know they're not all going to make it. They all made it. And the Jays had three catchers, and they had to make a call, and they did, and now here we are. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there are times in life where you go, what now? I'm sorry, what? Two hockey stories have me just staring at a wall and blinking just to make sure that my motor skills are still working. One of them is a kind of a sad story. Uh, Washington Capitals forward center, Nicholas Backstrom, stepping away from the game. He's had lots of injuries. It's been a thing for a long time. And a wonderful player in his prime. And it just all disintegrated. And it's too bad. Like, he's stepping away from the game. I hope he comes back. But you think about the the amount of punishment that his body's been through and the number of injuries that he's had. It's just it's just a, a stunning uh, turn for him. And I obviously wish him the best, but that doesn't really help that much. The other story that I just, you know, you know how sometimes you hear stories about things and you don't really pay attention until the... the, the the whip comes down sort of thing. Um, The Ottawa Senators have been forced to forfeit a first-round pick, either 24, 25, or 26, for their involvement in the Vegas Golden Knights trade for Dadanov. Evgeny Dadanov, they did not supply his no-trade list to the Golden Knights upon his arrival in 2021. And it, it... made it impossible for things to continue as they normally would have. This happens rare, 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 rarely in the National Hockey League, where one team goes public, or at least goes to the league, and says, hey, you know, there's something uh, there's something not right here. It did involve the Oilers at one time. I don't know if you remember this. But I do, since I don't know where my keys are, and I won't be able to find my vehicle at the end of the show. But I do remember this stuff. So it went like this. 
on June the 26, 2011, Ryan Smith was traded from Los Angeles to Edmonton for a seventh-round pick and Colin Fraser. And there were, oh, there were all kinds of headaches and upsets and who was when he was injured, when he wasn't injured, and yada, yada, yada. It finally ended up working out. L.A. won the cup. Um, Ryan Smith, brilliant hockey player, one of my all-time favorite Oilers, traded himself just at the wrong time. And he ended up not being part of that Stanley team. And he most certainly would have because he was still a contributing player at that time. Had a wonderful career. If you did a, a all-time Oilers team and you included four lines and three pairings and two goaltenders, Smith would be on it. The question is, where would you put him? Because he could play with skill. He was great at getting the puck. He really was. I mean, in terms of pure left-wingers, there's what? There's Esatikinen. There's Ryan Smith. Miro Chetan, I believe, was a right-winger. Who are you going to call? I mean, Semenko probably doesn't make the team. Your Connie Anderson and Curry as right-wingers. Messi is a center. Who's the all-time best left-winger? Give me the three best left-wingers in Edmonton Oilers history and try. Do your best. Fill your hat. Try to exclude Ryan Smith. You can't. I double-dog dare you. I'm bringing out the double-dog dare on Wednesday. That's pretty good. Would you take Would you take Taylor Hall over Ryan Smith? Oh, I'm not going to poison the water hole. I've asked the question, sir. I don't know. I need I... people's top three all-time Oilers left-wingers. I know that I, I really like Taylor Hall. My question would be, did he play here long enough? Yeah, I mean, because he obviously went on to win the heart. You know, not with us. I'm, I, Craig Simpson is another. Craig Simpson was amazing. Yeah. And his career was shortened, but only because he kept getting back-checked into the net. But to your point, I probably would have Ryan. My, it would probably be Tekanen, Simpson, Ryan Smith, I think would be my top three. Well, that's a great pull from... But I might take a prime Taylor Hall over a prime Ryan Smith, but not Taylor Hall during his time with the Oilers. After the show... You and I have to talk about how you can avoid, like, gunfire, uh, verbal gunfire. How, how I can line. just you avoid talking? You're going to tell me, Declan, like, <laughs> when I point at you, you turn your mic on. Other You're, than that, you are silent, pro kid. Taylor Hall and anti Ryan Smith right now. And I. No, like. I, I, my heart weeps for you, sir. I'm putting Ryan Smith in my top three left wing Oilers of all time, for sure. But I'm just saying, one guy was There's, the MVP uh, of the National Hockey League. That's tough to do, and that's a very impressive feat. We have Mrs. Stewart ruined my life. We have my Andrews, parents yeah. were not really that special. Mm. And now we have Taylor Hall is better than Ryan Smith as an oiler. Okay. <laughs> Good to go. Good to go. We're, everything is coming up roses, and there's nothing to worry about. We love you, and you are a great guy. And nothing, nothing, nothing ever bad is going to happen. It's just not possible for anything to go wrong in your life. So our show looks like this. On the way, NHL rumors at 12.40. Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at 1 o'clock. We'll read your comments and look ahead with the Oilers at 20 after and at 40 after. Next, though, it's in the community with uh, Alberta Golden Bears head coach Ian Herbers. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Time now for In the Community, brought to you by United Sport & Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport & Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. 
uh, joined and delighted to be joined by Ian Herbers, coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. And, you know, I, I think about you sometimes because you are running a, a very highly thought of excellent over decades and decades and decades program. And I can only imagine the pressure when you started out slowly. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, that pressure got a little more five game winning streak. That's got to feel good. What What have been the reasons for the turnaround here uh, for the Golden Bears this year? Well, we just wanted to get a little bit more media attention at the start, so we figured maybe a slow start. <laughs> no, no, obviously we wanted to have a big jump, and especially against UBC, who we had met in the semifinals last year. Um, they were a very good team, obviously. They were in midseason form. They didn't lose many players uh, and picked up a couple, so they were rolling right along. Um, for us, for during preseason, we had a couple guys at NHL. Camp Prokop was at Arizona. Uh, Smallwood was at Columbus. Uh, we had three, four key injuries to our key veterans and our leadership group, so they didn't get to play the last couple weekends as well. Uh, so we hit into UBC a little dinged up, um, not having our chemistry yet. Our specialty teams weren't clicking. Um, and just, you know, kind of everything fell into place for UBC. And um, we've gotten better every weekend since then. And we've probably played our best weekends against Calgary two weekends ago. We had the bye weekend last weekend. Uh, and our guys are figuring out the chemistry start come together. Uh, players have gotten opportunities because of the injury situations, um, and guys have played well and are figuring out the league. And it's it's a big step for guys coming out of Western Hockey League playing in our league. There's no 16, 17 year olds anymore. Uh, it's all 20 to 25 year olds. So it's a big jump for guys to speed the strength of our league. Uh, it's just taking a little time and adjustment. So looking forward to this weekend coming up. And it's uh, you, you know I think I, I think there were five, but I can't recall how many uh, players graduate the program. They sign pro contracts, and they're off and running and and earning a living doing what they love. So it's a great program, and you do graduate uh, players every year. Uh, but the the recruitment side of it seems to be a strength of the of the organization and the program. Uh, and and some of the names that you have that are that are new or sliding up into to uh, major roles. Uh, are are interesting. I, I I see the son of a media member, Joel Sexsmith. Which I I I'm not saying that that there was a uh, um, difficulty overcoming being the son of a media member, but that they they don't grow on trees. Those those players who come from uh, media. So how has Joel Sexsmith been and and uh, stepping into a, a pretty significant role here? Uh, no, he, he's been good for us. He's gotten better every weekend as well. Uh, he didn't start with us last year. He, he wanted to try a little bit over in Europe. It didn't go well for him, um, but was, had the opportunity to come back and play for us. And he was in and out of the lineup, and I thought he played very well for us at Nationals last year. And then this season, he has taken off and blossomed. Um, he led our, our team in preseason scoring and has done very well in regular season for us, too. He, he has some good deception with the puck, some good poise with the puck. Uh, he's able to get his shot through on the power play. He's been running on one of our power play units um, and has been very good, solid. I think key for him right now, we've been able to play him with Mason Ward, a, a young defenseman, uh, and those two have started to get a lot of chemistry together and playing well together, and they've been key for us. The the other guy that I like, I followed because I saw him in the Old Kings, and I I, I like him as a player, uh, got some size, and, and we'll see where his career goes. But Noah Boyko, how has he been for you? Uh, he's been good. He's been steady for us right from the start. 
I've had him on wing, I've had him on left wing, right wing. He's now centering a line with Sacker and Daniel Ladigan. And that line, the last two weekends we played, has been very good. Uh, again, they're starting to get that chemistry together and very comfortable. He's on, on one of our power play units as well. Um, penalty kill, I have no issue putting him out in penalty kill situation. He's been good for us up the middle. Uh, it's just been steady and reliable. It just it's, seems like every time put him out is every weekend his his game's the same, and I can count on him and trust him, and, and he does the right thing for the most part. When you, uh, you started out, you had some issues, but then you beat Calgary, obviously a, a, a really good team, uh, and now you're up against the U of S at Claire Drake this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Uh, what are you What are you looking for? What are you prepared for? And what is the expectation for the team? A uh, big thing for us is we had the bye weekend last weekend, so we've got to make sure we're sharp. So earlier this week, we were doing a lot of five-on-five game-like situations, getting us back into that game mode. Uh, Saskatchewan always plays us hard, especially coming into our building. Uh, They'll be physical. They'll be fast. They'll be very hard forward-checking team, good penalty kill, very aggressive penalty kill. Uh, Goaltending's been good for them this year. They haven't lost a regular season game yet. Um, so their specialty teams have been good. They're not they're not as deep skill wise as they've been in past teams, but they make up for it with work and working as a group. Um, so just watching their past couple weekends, uh, they've been very effective. Uh, it will always be a question for you as long as he's in the organization and the program. Uh, Matt Berlin, I know that uh, he and Ethan Kruger are kind of dividing the 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 work here this year, but he's two zero and one. How has he looked? Uh, he looked very good last weekend in Calgary. Um, he made some big saves at key times. He didn't get as many shots. We played a better game where I think we only gave up 22 shots on the night. But uh, one was a breakaway and one was a two-on-one opportunity. And he made big saves for us at the key times, which is huge. Uh, he is going into his fifth year. He's trying to get into optometry school. So he's trying to balance and juggle everything he has to do for that. So Friday, I believe he's doing an interview with a school in Portland. Um, so we'll play Kruger Friday night and Matt will play Saturday night. And that way he can focus on the things he needs to do academically. Uh, but he's been very good and Kruger has been good for us. Ian Herber's our guest. You have a Golden Bears coach. I want to ask you this because I, I'm not saying you are identical, but I think that when you watch Vincent DeHarnay, you probably uh, feel like, you know, later draft pick, uh, took a little time, got to the NHL, had a terrific pro career. All of that is uh, something you share with him. When when you see his length and how effective it is and, and how hard he's worked to develop his skating, when you see a guy like Vincent DeHarnay, um, is that what you're trying to do as a coach, inspire a guy who, who has skill but maybe is a little raw to become everything he can be? Well, I'm looking up to him. Uh, so <laughs> he was captain skates and everything. So it was like when I was playing with the Islanders, I was the second smallest defenseman. Uh, so no, it's nice to see guys, you know, that you've had a couple of years in development camps, seeing them when they're younger and just keep improving every year and keep getting better. And, um, you know, it's good on him. He's taking the opportunities, worked hard at it during the off season, during the on season, his time down in Bakersfield and all the other different experiences he's had, um, uh, to keep working at his game, keep getting better at his game, knowing that his weaknesses, things that areas he needs to improve and has worked at it. Uh, and now being an NHL regular, so it's fantastic for him. Glad it's, you know, he's had a good start, and, um, you know, we hope to see him in an Oilers uniform for a long time. Thanks for this. Appreciate it, sir. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. There you go. Ian Herbers, head coach of the 
University of Alberta Golden Bears playing Claire Drake uh, Friday and Saturday, right? Uh, two games against the University of Saskatchewan this weekend. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Back-to-back, home-and-home. You can go uh, tickets at the door at the Claire Drake Arena. Go check it out. Great hockey. Uh, Paul Almeida is a friend of mine, but he irritates me. Is, does that make sense to you? Do you have friends that irritate you? Oh, I would. You, you're top of the list, I Okay, would say, all right. If you consider us friends. Um, because <laughs> you're a friend of mine. He says, Simpson, Tekin, and Nuge Smith is what he says. Then he says, Messier scored 50 as a left wing. Then he gives his list, and the list is Tekin and Simpson, Drysidle and Smith, or Nuge. So now he's got Drysidle over 11. Make up your crazy old mind. Yeah, there. we got a couple texts coming in about Dry and Messier being left wingers, but I think I think of those guys as centers yeah. personally. I think I do, uh, We're going to have to make a call, and the call is that Messier and Drysidle are left wingers, but he did make. Almeida did How, make. <laughs> here's another one. How do you order your centers on that all-time Oilers line? Well, he has Gretzky, Messier, McDavid, and Wait, and I think that's a pretty strong take. But we'll see. I mean, we'll let people know um, what the suggestions are. But Almeida did mention something, and I feel badly about this. You know how I'm always mentioning the producers, and I go back to um, Connor Halley, um, Allison Curry. Uh, Lieutenant Eric, Red Papernick, um, and I mentioned Tyler Uremchuk uh, and Hernan Salas, and I keep forgetting Brennan Clack. Oh, he was great. I really liked him. He's uh, actually he. I enjoyed him. His company. He's a guy I never picked on. Me and Brennan are in a fantasy hockey league together. Is that right? We are. Yeah, I no. like Brennan a lot. He's yeah. a very, very informative guy. Well, he, and, but he also is. Is he makes he lets me ramble on. And then he makes points and he gets out of the way. You might want to try that. Yeah, because I really just kind of try and bully you over. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, I got something to say and people want to hear it and here's what it is. You know, one thing I like about you, and I'll, I'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to burn the tape after I say this, but you're, you're, when you get excited about something, you become very engaged in it. And it's, uh, I don't even care what you're talking about, um, but it's cool. Um, so we missed, and I'm not doing it again because we got to establish that it's on Monday. On Monday, you're going to start doing the Mama MMA, and we're going to play Mama Mia by ABBA to introduce it Monday. Is this correct? That's Yeah, that sounds great to me. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Mama MMA, and then you're going to have declinations on Friday. Yes. And slowly but surely. Slowly I take over we're, the We're show. going to build, a, then it's going to be once a day you have something, and then yep. pretty soon it'll be two times a day, and then pretty soon I'll try. I'll use my card, and it will not work. It'll start, it'll be like, hey, Al, why don't you... Why don't you take Thursdays off? We'll we'll let Declan run it on Thursdays. <laughs> I, I I I talked to a, a lady the other day, and she told me that she and I want to be clear on this because I'm going to get it wrong, but I was just blown away by it that at one point there in a in a I'm, I'm going to say in a week there were four days off, and then it became five days off, two on, and sweet 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 mercy. That's where I'm headed. I could totally do two days, and then I would do my walking and my parcheesi and my online solitaire. Uh, I'd be good, you know? So you're welcoming this now. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm looking for right now? Maybe can, people can help me out. I, I You know, I, I've been, uh, my wife passed away a little over a year ago, and so I've just tried to find things that I can do uh, alone or with people. Uh, I invite people and then they, they you know, I, I, I found out what ghosting is. That's fun. So uh, I'm looking for a pool hall. 
like a place I can go play pool and I don't have to be with anybody. I can just put my $5 down or whatever you kids play for now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a pool hall by my by my mom's house in the, the Capilano Your mom who looks like Jennifer Aniston? Is the, this correct? Regardless of what she looks like, we're talking about a pool hall right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I forget what it's called, but one time when Joe Rogan was in town doing a comedy set or whatever it may have been, he went to that pool hall and just shot pool and was, was unbothered. So if you want to go and you just want to go and have some time to yourself, I think that's the place to go. I'll get the name for it for you, okay. but uh, it may be something to look into. Well, I appreciate that because I, I'd love to play pool, and I have not in many years. And and I can I'll rack up everything and I'll only use a pool cue that's on the wall and I'll just make sure that it doesn't have any rumble in it and uh, and I'll play and I, I would love to do that and I I will play for money uh, not a lot we you know I have pennies and I have rolled dimes so that's what I'd be doing but I would be interested in that let us know the best pool halls you know when I was when I was fifteen and sixteen and seventeen and maybe even when I was fourteen. I used to go to the KV Bowl in Maidstone, Saskatchewan, and I would play the war vets for their money, and I would take it. Wow, shameless. Oh, it's just a great story about me and how I help the community in each and every way. Really, no matter my age, I'm just a good guy. NHL rumors on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. We hang out every day at noon. I come in, I blather, I leave. I arrive at 11.30-ish. I leave at 1.55. I'm not lying. Anybody who ever worked with me in radio knows that's exactly what happens. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick, 184th Street, Stony Plain Road. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. By the way, I just went to the washroom. I told you that my blood pressure this morning was 123 over 81. So I'm feeling pretty good about my life right now. But there's always something more you could add. In our traffic department, traffic is where all the commercials and everything are are put in the right order. They're brilliant people. Don't bother them. And there are two cats, I believe. There might be more, but I saw two cats. Two of the cutest cats ever born, ever, anywhere. And they're in the traffic department right now. And I have a theory about cats and dogs in workplaces or in seniors' dwellings. My wife used to work in one. And when you bring in a pet, an animal, a dog, cat, whatever, instantly everybody is elevated in terms of their spirits. If you spend 10 minutes a day with a cat or a dog and they're purring on your lap or they're doing whatever the hell dogs do, it is going to elevate you and elevate your soul. It just will. You know... You need a, like a little mascot. Now, we have Declan, but a dog would be better. And that's all I'm saying. We have two cats today, and I'm so happy. Have you seen them? Have you spent time with them, Declan? I haven't. I'm pretty. I'm very badly allergic to cats, actually. So I try and stay away from cats as <laughs> much as I can. Um, this They're cute. Listen, they're awesome. They're great animals. Uh, I love the idea of them, but I can't really be around them. Th- so. This is one area I won't even pick you on, pick on you about because I do know that that cat, and it's not even the cat; it's the dander, right? It's the actual stuff of them. Yeah, I mean, listen, know. I remember one time I was down at my cousin's. I'll make this really quick. I was down at my cousin's ranch in southern Saskatchewan, and uh, they had they had ranch cats, um, and I had a severe allergic reaction to one of the cats, and we had to drive an hour to go to the ER in Assiniboia. So not a great night, no. but. That's kind of that's where I stand with cats. Well, I don't believe that you almost didn't share that story. It's wildly interesting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Rob says the high run on Capilano is closed. Try Metro on Stony Plain Road. I know where that is. Uh, and uh, Vern says uh, Metro on the West End, you pay by the hour, which I'm fine. I, I will pay. I used to own my own pool queue, uh, which is what the real good ones do. I was not real good. But, you know, it's a fun thing to do. I, I'm... I'm uh, I'm going back and forth with my friend Dave Jameson. We're just checking each other out, seeing how we're doing. I, I don't want to be too forward because, like, Dave is the guy who, you know, he's biding his time. I think he's the one free agent left, and he will sign, like, for tourism Guam or something, and then he'll be doing reports into Edmonton from Guam, sitting on a beach, you know, brought to you by, like, Bacardi or something. Like, I don't know where Dave's headed, but I know it's really special. And so I'm sort of monitoring him. I don't push him or anything. I don't want him to know where he's headed, but it's somewhere really, really big. He's probably already there, and he's just not telling anybody. He does a podcast, by the way, with Bruno Griffiths called uh, Cancer in the Room. It's very good. Make sure you listen when we get a chance. Not during noon to two. Yeah, don't or not not during not during uh, seven to six. Oh, is that what we're saying? Not okay. during 7 a.m. to 6 yeah. p.m. All right. And then listen to our podcast after, re-listen to the show, and then if you have time, <laughs> check theirs out. Um, but listen to us first. Assiniboia. I've got $5 that say most of the listeners don't know where that is. Oh, come on now. Have a little faith. Metro 125, 175th Street. Metro's getting a hell of a lot of you know advertising here. Um. I lost my Camaro to my dad by losing a game of pool. He gave it to my mom, and she drove it about a month before selling it back to me. See, moms can't be trusted on this stuff. Dad won it fair and square. That's a lesson learned by the boy. Uh, Sharks Club in Spruce Grove is a good pool hall. Okay. I don't think I've been there, but I can drive out there. To elevate my soul, don't I need to have one? Don't you kid about that. You've got it. You need might not need to save it, but you've got it. Um, come play pool at Kingsway Legion mini tournaments every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Okay, I would go. I love the Legion. Used to be able to go into the Legion. You know, you had to be of age, <laughs> and you could buy a pitcher of beer, and the beer was cheap like borscht. Right? You know, that's I think where all of the people who are kids in Saskatchewan learned how to, you know. Metro, yes, I know. McNally's no longer there. Metro, by the Hilton Garden Inn. Stony Plain, Metro. Is that the only place? Pool at H2O Lounge near White or Metro. Good Lord. Top shots by Millwood's Town Center. LTA would have been appropriate to recall not one but two forwards from Bakersfield, given that the Oda's bottom six hasn't produced offensively, especially seeing both Jan- how Janmark is currently injured. This is what I will say to you. An injured player means nothing. They can't replace him. You can, you can, if you move on to LLTIR, I guess you could do, but they're, they're running this way. So injury means nothing. Injury means work harder. You know, it's like uh, Cool Hand Luke out there. You know, somebody goes down, you just pick up the whatever, the rock crusher, and you keep going. That's the way the roster is. The Oilers have have pretzeled themselves into a 21-man roster. If a guy gets hurt, it's a 20-man roster. No complaints. 
you do reach a point at some, I can't remember how many it is. Is it 18? Where if it gets to be solo, you can add a guy if you play one game shorthanded. Where has Dry ever played left wing? Well, he did for a time. There was a time he played left wing. I think Hyman's played on the right side. I think, I can't remember who else did. But yeah, he's played left wing. Well, and officially on the line combinations right now, he's listed as the first line left winger playing alongside McDavid and Fogel. So there's that as well. Yeah. Well, you know, we all we all try to get along. I haven't talked to McCurdy today, but I'm going to ask him about Sam Gagne. And I'm going to ask him about Raphael Lavoie. I know he had an article up yesterday about, about the recall. I put mine up today. People are putting down. They say, Gagne is no better than Ernie. Well, wait a minute. The numbers suggest that as a skill player, he is. Ernie had his things. Gagne's got his things. Hey, Al, this is RF, which means right fielder in my brain. I don't believe Sam is the answer. Do you really think our third and fourth lines are Stanley Cup caliber lines? We let Costin go when he became a fan favorite and exactly what we need on the third or fourth line. What does the third line, the fourth line bring? No grit, no hitting. I think Ryan McLeod's the softest player on the team. Stanley Cup? I don't think so unless they figure this out. Here's what I'll tell you. The Oilers, when Ryan McLeod isn't healthy and playing as he can, have two fourth lines. They've got a number one line, a number two line, and two fourth lines. And actually, if we're all really honest about it, on the third and fourth lines, they have a total of one fourth line, and they're trying to make it up as go along. That's a fact. But, like, I know, like I, I think Raphael Lavoie should be here. But the, the team doesn't want to go through the growing pains of watching him make mistakes. And part of that is Connor Brown, and he's the fact that he's not 100%, and he's getting there. Dylan Holloway is still young, and they've already lost some games because of mistakes. So... You know, all of those, like, I, I'm disagreeing with management. I think Raphael Lavoie should have been the recall. I'm disagreeing with them. That doesn't mean that their system doesn't work well or they can't win the Stanley Cup doing it. I think you're going to see a lot of changes. If this continues, you're going to see a lot of changes. You know, Ryan McLeod might get traded. They don't have time to be dilly-dallying, wandering around, worrying about stuff, walking the mall, trying to find the... You know, Lego store, you got to get going, Buster. That's the way it works. Now, here's why I like Ryan McLeod. Last year, Ryan McLeod had a goal share of 51% at 5-on-5. That's really good for a young player, and he does not play with McDavid or Dreisaitl. He also had a points per 60 of 1.06. 1. 1. 1.86, that's on the way to 2, and 0. .84 goals per 60. Now, He's playing the same amount this year as he did last year. He hasn't bleeped a drop. That's a fact. But it's because he was delayed playing, just like Matthias Ekholm. This too shall pass. You have to be patient. And the Oilers are. Jay Woodcroft sends him out there. He hasn't reduced his playing time at all. I give Woodcroft credit for that. I'm sure he's tempted. I'm sure he's thought about it. I'm sure he said, what the H-E double hockey sticks is happening with Ryan McLeod. And then somebody said, well, remember he was hurt. Okay, he's working his way back. They're investing in Ryan McLeod's future. They know it's there. 1.86 points per 60 at 5-on-5 a year ago. Expected goal share of 55%. It's it's 53% expected goal share now. Ryan McLeod's doing a lot of the right things, and on the ice, things are looking good. They're not developing into goals yet. But he's done it before. That's more than we can say about Dylan Holloway. And that is my point, ladies and germs. 
I think Dylan Holloway is in a little danger as a roster player. He could get sent out and Raphael Lavoie called up. You can't keep, you know, putting goose eggs out there. You got to perform. Look at look at our friend over here. You know, he's he's had to to basically sacrifice all of his credibility to tell us about Mrs. Stewart, his parents who did nothing, and uh, what was it today we were talking about? Well, it was Mrs. Andrews, first of all. Thanks for listening. Uh, I think the big thing I was talking about today was my cat allergies. I didn't go into too much else than that. No, but I've you also pretty... said Ryan Smith sucked is what you no, said. No, 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 no. I, listen, I chose him as one of my top three left-wingers all-time in Oilers history, but I was just making the argument, like, listen, you have one guy who won a heart in, a, in an era where Connor McDavid was in his prime, Dry was in his prime, Crosby was still playing out of his mind, Nikita Kucherov was right there. That is incredibly impressive and tough to do. That's all I was saying. Well... I guess now that you've had a chance to frame the issue in a certain way, things sound different. No, come on. I prefaced it like that. Also, breaking news. Uh, let me just uh, check it here, make sure I have everything right. Yeah, Pierre Dorian. He's out in Ottawa. Wow. Yeah. That after eight is seasons, huge. He's gone. You know, they've got a good roster. I was wondering about this. Wow. Yeah. Things are happening. Things are happening. How long does the coach have? Five, four. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask you. I was just going to ask you what you thought because I, I don't think I could give an accurate, an accurate answer. I think you'd have much more insight on that. I've got a, I've got a question for you. I'm about to blow up the phone lines. Are you ready? Are you ready to watch these these texts come flying in at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty? I'll bet you a dollar twenty five cash money that Peter Shirelli is either the new GM or is as some title that involves him in hockey ops in Ottawa. Dollar twenty-five. Take the bet or no? Uh, I'll take the bet, but can I have like three to one odds? I don't think so, sir. <laughs> you want to do a straight, straight one for one? up. You know one, what? I'll take the bet. Dollar twenty-five. All right. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think he's going to have some involvement in some capacity, but you know, for the good of the show and for content purposes, I'll take that bet. I should have said a dollar one, and then you would have spent years finding a penny. Whereas I have pennies all over, all over. I, you know, you know what I find now, aside from you know dust and things, is stuff that really has no value, like pennies. You know, or um, my kids would collect little Power Puff uh, stickers, stuff like that, in my house. They've been there like for I don't know seven hundred years. And you're saying, well, why don't you? Clean? I do clean up. I just didn't see that. You know, in the Crawl space. Dorian's firing coming on the heels of the penalty is interesting. Can I tell you a real quick story? Do we have time for a quick story? Yeah, we got about two minutes here. Okay. California Golden Seals are a rich, rich, rich resource in terms of stuff that happened. And when you repeat it, people go, you're lying to me. What I'm about to tell you is absolutely true. So Charlie Finley was the owner at the time of the California Golden Seals, I believe. Their general manager was a man named Gary Young. And Gary Young had come to fame as one of the scouts who had discovered Bobby Orr for the Boston Bruins. Now that is the backdrop. Young moves up. As an executive, is hired by the California Seals. They lose everybody to the WHA because they're paying more money than Charlie Finley will will allow Gary Young to pay. And he's watching his career as a GM bleed out in real time. And 
So he did this thing. It's a small thing, but all they caught him, and it was a big deal. He knew Charlie Finley would not allow the contract that Dick Redmond, who was a defenseman on the team, Mickey's brother, would want. So he put together two contracts, one that he signed with Dick Redmond and his agent, and one that he gave to Charlie Finley. Well, you know how that turned out. You know how it turned out badly for Gary Young. But if you put yourself in his position, and you've been bleeding players for, like, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs and the California Golden Seals were the two teams that bled the most hockey players. All of the young defensemen in Toronto, Jim Dory, Brad Selwood, Rick Lee, I think Mike Pellick stayed, that was it, and Big Whoop, right? But there you go, that's what happened. And it happened in California, too, with the Seals. And Dick Redmond stayed because he had signed a contract. I believe they traded him to Chicago, but I can't remember that long ago. But that happened. And Dorian getting fired today tells me that he's the fall guy. He's the guy that's going to be blamed for this. He's the bad, bad, bad man. Otherwise, you'd stay by him. Have you ever thrown a friend under the bus like that? No, I don't think so. What's the worst thing you've ever done? I don't want. I don't know. I'm not going to get into on this that. Show? <laughs> no, I, well, honestly, it was probably throwing my parents under the bus on this show, whom I love dearly. I just want to well, clarify. You say that now, but I mean that one really ate me up. Uh, not not only the on bag. the text line, but that one ate me up internally. I was sitting here thinking, like, man, I hope my parents know I love them. So yeah. probably that one. Well, you know, a phone call to mom really helps. That's something you might want to try for your first time in your life. No, I, I text my parents like every day, every second day. You know, I just want you to know something that that you can't win. I'll never give in on this, and we all know you're a good guy. So don't worry about it. This is all playtime. But <laughs> Thank we, you. Appreciate we have to hammer you because we're guys. And guys are, if we show any sensitivity at all, then we're weak. And so we have to pummel you, rain down blows upon you verbally every day. That's how it works. And then we say things like, as, you, as you're there in a little ball weeping, we go, got to toughen up, kid. That's how life is. And then you'll end up doing it to the next generation. Forged by the fire. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the circle of life Elton John sang about it you might want to tune in on that one uh, Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal on the way next this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 this is a Sports 1440 update and for your Sports 1440 update brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering their next public timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Go to info at maauctions.com. Four games in the NHL tonight. It all gets going with the Sabres and Flyers. Puck drop for that one at five. And the Ottawa Senators will forfeit a first-round pick for their role in the July 2021 trade of Evgeny Dadanov to the Golden Knights and, their, and the subsequently invalidated March 2022 deal that would have sent Dadanov from Vegas to the Ducks. They will forfeit their first-round pick in one of the 2024-2025 or 2026 NHL drafts. Staying with the Senators, they're making a change at the GM position. Pierre Dorian is out following this announcement. He was with the club for eight seasons. Bruins defenseman Charlie McAvoy has been suspended for four games by the NHL Department of Player Safety for an illegal check to the head of Panthers defenseman Oliver ekman Larson during Boston's OT win on Monday night. Capital Center Nicholas Backstrom will be taking some time to step away from the game for health reasons, the team announced. 
earlier today. The 35-year-old underwent resurfacing surgery on his left hip in June and returned to the team in January of this year. When he returned, he recorded seven goals and 21 points in 39 games last season while averaging under 17 minutes of ice time per night. Big news out of the NFL is the Las Vegas Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. Josh McDaniels, who was hired in January 2022, will still be owed the full amount of his contract through the 2026 season. World Series rolls on, a chance to wrap it up tonight for the Texas Rangers. They lead 3-1, and Game 5 will go tonight, just after 6 p.m. Just one game in the AJHL tonight to wrap things up. It's Grand Prairie in White Court. Puck drop for that one is at 7. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been your Sports 1440 Update.